Daniels, he's going to keep. He's going to walk into the end zone. Here comes one to the cup. Left hand layup good. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Welcome to another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon. The Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. And we are so pumped to have a guy on here that I watched throughout my college, uh, high school and college career, uh, Tony Sands. Um, give you a little background on Tony. Uh, you know, not a big guy, kind of a Darren Sproles before a Darren Sproles, but but bigger and faster and stronger. Five foot six, 175 pounder, played at Kansas from 1988 to 1991. Go through a few of the accolades. Most rushing attempts in a game. 58, Big 8 Offensive Player of the Year, 1991, third-team All-American. Tony, welcome to the Jacker Podcast. Appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to seeing you this weekend, Tony is going to be in town. A lot of people will be back. So, Tony, talk a little bit about uh, what is going on this weekend here oh, man, at I, football with you. Listen, I get an opportunity to go in with a lot of KU greats. Uh, some of the guys who, when I got there in 1988, I looked up to uh, Gail Sayers, John Riggins, uh, John Hadle. These are name, names uh, that I said I wanted to uh, be like once I once I leave uh, KU, I wanted my name to go up in uh, KU in the stadium because I always every time that I came out uh, for a game or just in practice, I always looked up there and wondered will my name ever be written at the top of this arena? And that's when you call being at the top of your game at the university that you attended. And anybody that go to any university, that's their dream. Your, your, your goal, you know, a lot of people say, well, our goal is to go here and go to the NFL. But first thing you want to do is to leave a legacy where you started and finished your college career. And that's what I, I set out to do. When I got to the University of Kansas in 1988, uh, for those that knew, I always said, man, I didn't, ooh, it was tough. It was some tough times. Okay, you had one, hadn't had a one winning season in years, and I wanted to make sure that when I leave the University of Kansas, I was going to make that change. I was going to change that dynamics, but I had to do the grind work first. There was going to be some uh, some work that's got to be done. I was talking on the phone to uh, Coach Mason, guys. I was talking to him uh, last Thursday because he called me and said, "You know, I'll be in town." for your induction ceremony. And I said, thank you, coach. And that, that means the, the world to me. People look at what Deion Sanders is doing in Colorado. That was done before. That was already done. Mace came in and had that same mentality. It's just that during that time, it could not be publicized as it is now. So Mace came in with that mindset that, hey, we're going to be winners when you guys leave here. This class here will be the class that changed the dynamics of how uh, KU football is looked at, and we wanted to strive to do that. Each and every one of the guys that's like you say that stayed with us, that wanted to be champions. I wanted to be a champion. I wanted to be a winner. I came in to KU considered 
not winning. But once I go out, I wanted to be a winner. And that was my drive. That was my goal. Everything that I did in practice with my guys off the field, in the classroom, was thinking about one day that I'm going to leave KU as a winner. Well, you certainly left KU uh, better <laughs> than what you found it. You left the yes. winner, obviously. Uh, having historical records that still stand today in Kansas football and, and going to be having your name hung up there in the ring of honor. Tell us a little bit about your journey to get to KU. Uh, I'm not mistaken, you grew up in South Florida, which particularly during that era was a hotbed of football talent. Of course, you got programs like Miami and Florida State and SEC schools that were a lot closer uh, to you and your family. What was your journey like in getting to KU? And then how did someone like you with the size and the frame that you had. Talk to, to us about the grit and the resiliency that it took uh, to be able to play uh, the physical uh, type of sport of, of football and have the success that you had. Well, my journey started, as you say, in South Florida. I, I went to one of the most prominent high schools in the country right now, St. Thomas Aquinas High School here in Broward County, Florida. Yeah, we were, when it comes to the hotbed, the mecca of sports, football, we're where they come to come to get speed. You want to come to South Florida. If you look around the country now, you look around the country then. Guys from South Florida, we were different. We were breeded different. Our mindset, our goal, our drive was totally different. We wanted to get out. What I mean by get out, listen, we didn't have anything. Right? You know, We didn't have anything. And this was going to be the stern will to drive our car in the direction that we wanted to go for life. So when I was at St. Thomas, I left Broward County as Broward County's all-time leading rusher. And we've had a lot of great running backs to leave out of Broward County. I was Broward County's all-time leading rusher. Holds all the St. Thomas Aquinas records. All their records I held. But now in spite of doing all that, I still had to struggle to be recruited because of my size. At the time, Coach Mason was at Kent State. I had met with Coach Mason once before, and when he came to me, he came to me as a Kent State coach at first. I just felt my talent was above of Kent State at that time, but he was Kent State, so you know I was like, okay, yeah, Coach, I got you. But I'm walking out of him like, nah, uh, -uh I know I'm better than this. I'm, I'm putting up numbers like everybody else putting up, putting up better numbers. So I went to the University of Pittsburgh on a visit. Nah, I liked it. Kind of cold. Didn't I didn't feel it. It just, it wasn't that right hat for me. So I came back to South Florida and I'm like, ah, do I have to take something that I really don't want to take? I was on the hallway. Coach Smith, who was the head coach at that time at St. Thomas, one of the greatest uh, guys that you can come across as a high school guy that needed guidance like myself, said, hey, Coach Mason wants to see you. And I say, he want to see me? I'm like, and then I'm, my mind go back, oh, this guy's with Kent State again. I don't, I'm trying to dodge and avoid him. And when I got in the office, he said, no, I'm not at Kent State no more. I'm at the University of Kansas. I said, Kansas? Huh? The only thing I knew about Kansas at that time, they were getting beat uh, by Oklahoma and Nebraska. I seen some scores where it was 80-something, 70-something. Like, ah, I don't know if I want to go there. But you know, it's at the Big Eight Conference. It's the Division One level. I wanted to go there. But my dream at that time was to wanting to play for Florida State. That was my dream. That was my goal. This is what I wanted to do at the highest level. Got there. Coach Bowden told me, hey, listen, we can't take you. 
Um, you know, we can take you as a walk-on, but we can't give you a scholarship because we got Dexter Carter, Sammy Smith. We still got these guys undecided what they're going to do, whether they're coming out or not. And I said, okay, coach, good. Boom. But I feel like my talent is worthy of a scholarship. Went back home and had my next trip was to Kansas. And once I got to the University of Kansas, I, I, I fell in love from a standpoint of I knew this was this was the fit because I wanted not only to go to a school to where I was going to be one of the good ones to come through. I wanted to go to a school to where I can achieve to try to be one of the greatest ones to come through. And that was my goal. I, I set out from that uh, from day one that I got there. And I wanted to make sure that I motivate each and every guy that was there. Well, your positivity and your energy just green <laughs> and man, you can tell why you're a winner and why you have so many records. But I want you yeah. to talk about how when you're back this weekend, I hope hopefully you get a chance to talk to the team and talk about your journey. Talk about how when you came to Kansas, it was a low point and you yes. got it up to a point in, in 1991 where we're consistently winning. Then we had some bad times. Mark Mangino brought it back. And then after Mangino left, we had three or four bad things with, with coaching staffs. And now we're right back at it. And you yes. wanted to be part of the solution. And you were part of it. But I, I really hope you get an opportunity to talk to our guys because, you know, you look at the Devin Neals and the Jalen Daniels and the guys that have been here back when we won one game. And now they're experiencing success, and it's so fun, and you can relate to that. And so, again, I, I hope that you're able to convey your journey and your story to our guys because it's exactly what they're going through. So, and, and it's so ironic that you speak on that because it was just two years ago, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, or a year ago, I came back to the University of Kansas because I came back because they had a new ceremony that they, we had started, the Raising the Flag Ceremony. And, and I was the first person to participate in that. I was the first person to raise the flag and, and get, kick off the new tradition. And coach asked Stucky, would I be willing to speak to the team? And I said, I would love to. I would love it. And I got in the arena and I saw all the nice amenities that these young men had, you know, with the new indoor turf stadium, the, the locker rooms, all this stuff that they had that we didn't have. We didn't have all the nice amenities. So I spoke to them. And one thing I did relate to them, I, I relayed my journey and my feelings and the way I felt about the University of Kansas and that my journey was like their journey. It was a journey to where I came in, not a winner. I came in as a loser. And that's what they call you when you're not having a winning season. It's a losing season. Came in as a winner, but I was determined. The way I came in was not going to be the way that I go out. I was in control of all that. Me, not no one else. Me and every guy that's in that locker room each and every day had a responsibility to each other. That's my brother. I am my brother's keeper. I'm going to do my job. You do your job. And if that happens, we all will leave out in our senior year as a winner. And it was so ironic that the Missouri game was that game to determine <laughs> if we were going to be winners. You couldn't, Hollywood couldn't have written a better script when it comes to determining if we were going to be winners or losers. Going and, down and, 
And Tony, Tony, look, man, you got to take us there because you hit it at it. But, you know, when you think about people that, that go into Hall of Fame's ring of honors, yes. uh, a lot of times their full body of work is taken yes. into consideration, which indeed you had a full body of work. But I'm hard pressed to, to, to think of another player, particularly football, that had a more iconic individual performance that culminated the end of their career in those 58 carries, 390 plus yards, four touchdowns, and a win against your blood curling rival. Now, a lot of times, you know, sometimes guys can put up those big individual numbers for a loss, but it was a win on senior day against your rival. Take us back to that moment on what it was like. Oh, man. uh, You know, it was Missouri. The night, technically, the momentum started the night before in Kansas City. We were at the dub. We at the W at the time. We at the hotel. The uh, 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 and we're sitting in there. You know, this was the last night that seniors would get a chance to speak. And everybody voted for me to speak first. And I, I don't know why they did that because once I go on first, it wasn't gonna be. It was gonna be hard to come after me. I'm gonna tell you that. And I got up there and I'm and I'm talking to him because you gotta understand my journey started with my wife and children also at the University of Kansas in my junior year. I bought them up. So now when you think about it, here I am. I'm a student. I'm an athlete. I'm a father. And then I was a a community person that believed in uplifting the surrounding community, which was Lawrence in this area at the University of Kansas. So I held all those hats and I wanted to make sure that they understood how I appreciate each and every one of them for embracing that in me. And we talked about it and I got into it. And as I got into it, we got so emotional as a group of guys. I say, wouldn't this, this would be fitting if we end this in style. And ending it in style would be to beat the University of Missouri and show them that the University of Kansas is on its way to changing how people around the country see us. Because there was only at that time a, a hundred and two universities major universities. And we was always flip-flopping with K-State 101 and 102. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to be considered a winner. When I leave, when I look back at my senior year, I say, guess what? I laid a brick at the University of Kansas. I made history at the University of Kansas. So when I took my grandchildren back a year or so ago, I was able to take them around and, and, and let them understand, hey, listen, man, See this tradition that you see? Your grandfather was a part of this, a great part of this, with the guy that he came in to this university with. And and I, I you know, it's so it's so ironic that Pat Rule at the time said, okay, no one else is going to speak. Don't let no one speak. This is enough. Let's get there and let's go to work. <clears throat> Went to bed that night and I slept on this. I slept on being successful. Now, mind you, the week before, people don't realize this. I sat on the sideline when I watched Nebraska, and I think it was Calvin Jones, rush for like 290 yards. And I said to myself as I'm sitting on the sideline, man, that is a running back's dream. Mind you, I had 217 yards before, 230. But 290 just seemed it different. And I'm looking at him like, God, man, I would love to have a game like that. Not knowing. That following week, 
I would change the way college football rushing landscape must look like. And I got in that game, man, and we were going at halftime. You got to remember the, 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 the game was close. It was only one point difference at halftime. But then it was brought to Coach Mason's attention. You know, Tony probably is at a record now because I think I had 25 carries at halftime. And he's like, Tony, you know, and Mason was not a big guy on records. It just wasn't his style. And, and we got going in the, in the third quarter. And Tim Allen came to him. Hey, listen, we saw that Tony is close to a big eight record. And he said, he brought me over. He said, he said, you're close to a big eight record. What do you want to do? I looked up at him. First thing I told him, let's go for it, coach. Let's go get it. I, you know, let's go get it. And as we started rolling, we started rolling. We started going. The team got in it. I remember Gilbert Brown and Dana Stubberfield came off the field and they said, guess what, guys? We got to get the ball back so we can get this record. So that's why I tell people that was a team effort because the defense understood time was running out. So they had to go in there and get a three and out, get the ball back so we can get the ball on offense and we could continue to pound them, continue to pound them. And we kept going. And lo and behold, we didn't know it, it, it popped up. Last was a toss sweep to the left side. I stand and that sometime when I come back, I go and stand on that side frequently in that same spot that I set that record at because I look back at it and say, man, I had one of the greatest. When you look at the amount of records that I set, guys, the amount of records that I set leaving out of the University of Kansas, I had over 17 holding or breaking over 17 records in my time at the University of Kansas, leaving it as the big eight player of the year. Who would have thought a young man like me, 5'6", 154 pounds coming into the University of Kansas would leave out as the big eight player of the year. It was unbelievable. It was, a, like I said, everybody, the crowd got into it. It was one of the most memorable moments that I would ever embark my life on. I, I, I got, as a matter of fact, here in my office, I was given that play sheet. I have that play sheet to this day. Uh, and I really went for 400 yards, but I lost four yards in the game. And I said, man, nah, huh? I was, I, listen, I was talking about them four yards. I talk about them four yards now. <laughs> man, how, how did I? And then coach got booed. Coach Mason got booed when they went to taking me out because they took me out with the men and some still left to go in the game. And so he was like, I thought the media was going to eat me up. I think the media going to eat me up as me because he had never took a kid. He had never took a player into the locker room with him at a press conference. But that day, I guess it was different. It was especially that you got to go with him. So I, we go with him and he's like, they're going to kill me. And that's all he was saying. They're going to rip me up for letting you do this. We get in there. First question asked. The first question they ask him, why you didn't let him go for 400 yards? <laughs> and he was like, and then by this time, I'm thinking, I looked up at him, yeah, coach, why you didn't let me go for 400 yards? <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I say, it just seemed different when you got, when it says 400 versus 396, even though it's only four yards away, I can stretch my body out and to get four yards. But it just seemed different, but at that time, you got to remember that record stood for like eight to nine years, and the carries 
still stand to this day when I go to Atlanta <clears> sometime <throat> and some of the youth around here in South Florida that I train, they go to Atlanta, they'll send me a picture. Coach, I seen your ball in the College Hall of Fame. Uh, and, and, and to say, like I say, my life couldn't have went a better strip when it comes to playing at the University of Kansas. I would never change. I would never change the course of my life for nothing. I was blessed. And not only being blessed, and, you know, I used over the course of years, people used to say, man, they don't have you in the fame, Hall of Fame. They don't have you in the Ring of Honor yet. I said, no, nah. but it, I say I'm quite sure to come. I say, you know, I don't I don't think about it. I knew what I did here and those that were around me knew what I did. And, and that was just satisfying to me enough. But the one thing about this, guys, that a lot of people probably haven't even thought about it. I thought about it probably about oh, two weeks ago. There's not many guys that can say the number that they're being inducted in. I'm being inducted as the 24th inductee, and I wore the number 24 at the University of Kansas. This is why I say sometimes we want something faster and better. We want it now. But sometimes it's not in the cards for us to get it. <clears throat> and that's what, to me, that's what even makes this more special because I'm going in under the number that I wore. That's unbelievable. Well, uh, your story, uh, everything that goes into it, your journey, so yes. cool. Talk about uh, who you're bringing back with. Talk about your family a little bit, who you're bringing back with you. I know some of your teammates. I know Chip Hillary's yeah. going to be here this weekend. I, for one, was I was a, I was a skinny little freshman in 1991 <laughs> at that game, and I was there on the east side cheering you on. It yeah. was so cool. And, and again, growing up in this area knowing how bad Kansas football was in the late eighties yes. to, to get to that point in 1991 uh, with the, I mean, you mentioned guys like Gilbert Brown and Dana yes. Stubblefield, yes. Chris Mamalanga, yes. uh, uh, Kyle Moore. I mean, yes. we, we had a deep, you had a defensive line. Line that was unbelievable. 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 But, but, but this weekend has got to be so exciting for you. Talk about who you're going to have with you and, and, and I was going to ask you, what was your most memorable moment in Memorial Stadium? And I think you just went over that. It had yes. to be the Missouri game because it's a, yes. it's such a great story, as Wayne pointed out, with the, you know, not just the numbers, but who you beat. Yes. For all Kansas people, we, we thank you because that, 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 that <laughs> right there, than the throw of the individual stuff. But uh, yes, this weekend's going to be all about you and, and kind of talk about who you're going to have with you. Oh, we're, uh, I'm fortunate enough to have over 15 family members that are coming back. My wife, my daughter, her family, my grandchildren, uh, my brother-in-law, his wife, uh, uh, my, my, my assistant, everybody is. And, and, and not only that, uh, right now, my uncle Michael Irvin is trying to rearrange his schedule to attend. And it's so crazy because I looked at, Late night, because I got to go over to late night. They want me to uh, go come over to the late night to the basketball event. And I looked on the uh, internet and I saw, I said, okay, late night. And my friend, my guy is the one, a good home friend, hometown guy of mine is performing. And that's Flo Rida. Flo Rida is a good buddy of mine. I put up a picture with me and him uh, the other day on, on my social media uh, speaking about Man, this this is why I say this is divine because my buddy it was meant to be. 
Yes, my buddy is performing. And it is my induction weekend. Like I told I said, man, this is this is divine. 24, 24, Florida's coming. Uh, like I said, my uncle will find out today uh, if he can arrange uh, his schedule to fly in because he has to do the show on Sunday morning in California. So it's going to, like I say, and then I, not only that, Coach Mason called me. You got to remember the AD that's at the University of Central Florida started his GA career out at Kansas. Me and him were close. As a matter of fact, that's when I came back and did a little stint of coaching. Me and him was wrote to the coaches convention in Dallas together. Tim Allen, who was over administration, he's coming back. Coach Mason called me. He's coming back. Pat Rule called me. He's coming back. I even went so far as to we've had some fallen Jayhawks in our time. We've had Keith Lonaker. Hesley Hempstead, uh, 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 and Roger Robin. These are guys that were on the offensive sideball. We reached out to their families to represent them at this event. This is how my teammates and how it meant to me to have, to reach an invitation out here. Listen, you know, I would like to have somebody representing them because as I tell everybody, each one of my guys that call me, when they found out and wanted to grad, congratulate Jim, thank you for, man, you, you congratulations, you're going in. And, and the one thing I told them, the one, and I, and I still say it, I said, guys, no, I'm not going in. We are going in. We, this is a we effort. This was done by we, by us, not by me. Not by me alone. We are going in. We made it in. That term that we came in together, we won together. Now we go on the wall together. Yeah, it'll be my name, but it represents each and every guy from the walk-ons. And I remember, see, I have relationship, great relationship with walk-on guys. Two guys I remember to this day that were walk-ons. And people don't tend to, you know, remember your walk-on buddies. Jay Ligging and Garrett White. I even reached out to them. Hey, man, you know, I'm going in because this is what this means. It means everybody that went on, those guys that was on the scout team, everything, this was special. And I always, like I told Coach Mason when I spoke to him on the phone, Coach, I thank you. I thank you for taking a chance on a guy like myself, a guy that's 5'6", 150 pounds, going into the Big 8 Conference, which was the best conference in America, like I tell people, what they see in the SEC now was the Big Eight then. We were the Conference of National Champions. And that's what we had to go up against. I had to go up against these guys each and every year. So I tell him, I, I thank him. I thank Pat Rue. I thank Tim Allen. I think, and this is how small it, 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 you go to thinking and how small it go. I thank my professors. I know some of them, Jan Sheldon, uh, Tina Blue. Ms. Gate, Kathleen Gabriel, who was over academics at the University of Kansas. I hold a special piece in my heart for her because it was the cause of this lady believing in me academically was the reason I was able to get my college degree at the University of Kansas. And that's what carries me to this day is that, you know, I tell people, yeah, I got a lot of records, but I got a degree also understand that degree goes and I have my degree also up in my office because it meant a lot to me uh, as a young man. And if you look over my shoulder, you can see I wrote a book uh, a year ago and the title of my book was 
I was before my time. And it gets into my struggles, how I how I was able to come and play at the University of Kansas, have success in life after football and 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 and, and things how things are going now. And I, I wanted to put that in a book. And that was a great accomplishment for me to be able to say that I'm an author. Uh, signifies uh, that my life as an athlete at that time as a student, and you know it's it's been a great journey. I could I wouldn't trade it uh, for the world. I've been blessed. I, I, I've been truly blessed uh, in every aspect of uh, of life, academically, athletically, and to be uh, going back into the coming back to the University of Kansas on the uh, sixth and and the seventh, and to spend this time with everybody. I mean, everybody from the fans, because everybody took place. Uh, it was a special place in my heart for everyone that took that, went in that stadium that were fans of the University of Kansas. Uh, it, it was, it would be a special time this weekend. It, it, it's well, special, guys. I know I speak for Wayne, the passion, the enthusiasm <laughs> that you exude. I don't know how you're not on the, the speaking circuit to go speak to, to businesses. I would yes. run through a wall for you. And that's yes. just in the 20 minutes we've been talking. Uh, yes. I, I appreciate your time. Thank I'm looking you. forward to seeing you and your whole crew. You deserve you. every bit of admiration that you're going to get this weekend. It's going to be a sellout at the booth. Yes. We got Central Florida. You mentioned the athletic director at Central Florida, Terry Mahajer, yes. who was was here. He worked in the Williams Fund. He worked for football. Yes. And he's gone on to great things. He's now the AD at Central Florida. So we'll welcome him back yes. and yes. shake his hand and all that. But hopefully, but we got to beat him still. We still got to beat him. He's a friend. He's one of those guys. Okay, now I'm a, Slightly shake your hand a little bit, but you understand that when I'm shaking your hand, I'm gonna squeeze it enough to let you know that we got a job to do. We got to <laughs> we'll celebrate after we don't beat you. We'll come back together. But listen, guys, this it, listen, this is a dream come true for me. Well, and the one last thing I want to touch on that you said I thought was great was it, it is the Gilbert Browns and Dana Stubblefields and all that, but it's also the managers and the trainers yes, and the academic staff and the coaches. Yes. Wayne and I are part of the brotherhood of Kansas athletics, more specifically Kansas basketball. We didn't play together. Tony, you and I didn't play together, but I think we all have a bond as, as guys that went through this program through Kansas athletics. And, and there's definitely a brotherhood. And again, yes. it, it spans all over the map. Again, it's not just, the quarterback and the yes. best player. It's yes. everybody. everybody. It takes a community. It everybody. takes a village for sure. That it did. That it did. And I think the village that I was blessed to be upon, to be in, that every every person in that village uh, believed in me, and every person uh, in that building from Lynn Bot, who, as you say, was the trainer. See, I I have a great memory of everybody that I was there with, man, because I uh, they touched my life in some type of way. Well, Wayne and I need to get uh, with the, whoever does the commercials for the university. <laughs> get this guy. Yes. 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 This, this is what talk about his passion. Get everyone it. to come to Kansas, whether it's football, whether it's whatever it is. Yes. You're this a is, great Jayhawk. We're looking forward it. to seeing your name go up. Oh, man. And then it's going to go up in the new stadium, which is going to be. <laughs> oh, uh, even better. Be your last. This is going to be your last look at it. Look at it. Yes. Yes. Tony, 
Tony, appreciate your time. Thank you. Seeing you. Yeah, congrats, Friday, Tony. Thank Colorado, you. Thank you. In Saturday, Central Florida. Rock That's rock and roll. Rock Chalk Jayhawk KU. It was late, and one of my patients was having trouble sleeping. He was feeling uneasy, he told me. I asked him, is there anything I can do to help? I'm pretty sure he's the only patient ever to ask me to dance at 2 a.m. But sometimes, being the best nurse I can be is just being the best person I can be. All right, back here on the Jayhawker Podcast, Greg Gurley, Wayne Simeon, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and the downtown President Hilton Hotel. Get down there for concerts, Big 12 tournament, Wichita State, December 30th. Get a room at the President Hilton Hotel right across the street from Power and Light, two blocks from the T-Mobile Center. Wayne and I just had one of the most positive guys you're ever going to be around in Tony Sands going up uh, in the Hall of Fame Ring of Honor, uh, Tony Sands. And now we're joined by another inductee, Nick Reed. Nick, welcome to the Jayhawker Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on and excited to see where this uh, goes with us today. You know, and, and, and no, no pressure, no need to be as energetic and positive as Tony Sands because he's an offensive guy. You're a defensive guy. All right. You 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 were the anchor of a linebacker core uh, from, you know, early 2000s, roughly around 01 to 05 when I was in school there. I remember watching all the snaps. I remember all those things. Uh, obviously, you got to be elated to be able to go up into the ring of honor, which is, uh, you know, a, a, an incredible accomplishment. But you stand out uh, a little bit more so than any other name out there defensively because and we've had some really good ones, Nick, right? We've got guys like Dana Stubblefield, Akeem Tlaib, Daryl Stuckey, right? That's guys cool. that had incredible careers. But you're the only one to go into the, uh, to the ring of honor that has been crowned Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. So as if the accomplishment and the honor wasn't enough, how does it feel to be set out just a little bit further apart than some of your other peers uh, whose names are up there? Yeah, it's definitely pretty wild to me. Um, you know, I, I look at the names up there, and, and honestly, I don't feel like I should be up there with those guys. I mean, they're some of the best to not only have, have played at KU, but to play in the NFL and had just unbelievable careers. So to have my name even – you know, being the same sentence, being the same ring, being the same uh, stratosphere as those guys is just uh, an incredible feeling, a sense of pride for sure. So, Nick, uh, how, how much do you follow Kansas football? You're at your 12th year at Missouri Southern State down in Joplin, Missouri. But I know you're, you're, you're always going to be a Jayhawk. How much do you watch? How, how tough has it been over the last, you know, 10 of the last 12 years? And now, how cool is it to see the success that your alma mater is having? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've missed a game since I've uh, been done playing. We watch Tune In every year. We've been season ticket holders now for a few years, try to get up to as many games as we can. We just slide in, sit up in the bowl, uh, just like a normal fan, and then get out of there. And uh, it, it was, it's been a tough 10 or 12 years, though. Um, it, it, there, was, there was some hard times for sure. Uh, but uh, here recently, it's we're back, and it's been a lot of fun. It, it's been a, a, it's been great to see him grinding and working. And Coach Leipold has done a great job uh, with the team. Um, it, it's just been 
a lot of fun to to get back on the winning side and be competitive and and know every week we go into games that we have a chance to win them. Now, now Nick, you're a, a Kansas native uh, from the Wichita area. Played high school ball at Derby, which has been a high school powerhouse uh, for years. Uh, it's actually interesting because I remember when you were you were killing it at quarterback uh, down there, and then uh, made the transition uh, to to the defense. But you know, during that time, obviously uh, in the recruiting period. Uh, K-State and their football program was noted and elevated far above uh, what Kansas was at the time. What was it about Kansas and maybe the appeal to uh, build something of your own uh, that drew you to want to become a, a Jayhawk? Yeah, it's kind of kind of twofold for me. I, I always enjoy being a part of something from the ground up. It's pretty easy to jump into something that uh, that's already established and, and kind of keep it rolling. But to be a part of the, the ground floor and really put in the hard work uh, something I've just always enjoyed doing, just laying that foundation for for years to come and teams to come. Uh, the the second part of that was coming in, coming out of my senior year, uh, I tore my my MCL, and so I missed quite a bit of the season, uh, my senior year in football. And so when it came down to it, a lot of people jumped ship on me, and Coach Mangino and and KU were one of the ones that stuck with me the whole time, and um, and. and stuck in there with the uh, the scholarship offer and came to the house and had great conversations. And I just knew that was a place that I wanted to be and I wanted to be a part of it. And I wanted to be a part of what they were building. Well, your career culminated with a big 12 defensive player of the year, first team, all big 12 and a third team, all American in 2005. And that's like Wayne said, in a, in a linebacker core that included the, the Kevin Keynes and the Banks Floodman, uh, and you stood out from them. Talk about your time here with Coach Mangino, the rebirth, the rebuild, and you guys got it to a point now. Unfortunately, as we talked with Tony Sands over the last 30 years, we've had those peaks and valleys. We haven't been able to sustain success. I think we're all in agreement that Lance Leipold and his staff have done an unbelievable job, but let's go back to the, you know, 18 years ago in 05 when you guys got it to that point. Yeah. So coming in my first year, we were two and 10. We lost to K-State 64 to nothing. It was sleeting. It was rainy. It was miserable. Uh, it was the, the hardest sports season I had ever had in my life. And I, I'd be lying if I, if I didn't say there wasn't a little bit of doubt that kind of creeps in when, when things start like that. And that's how, that's how your college career starts. You're taking whooping after whooping every year. Um, but we stayed the course. Uh, Mangina was tough. He stayed on us. He saw the vision. He had the vision. And uh, we stuck to it, and we believed in him. The assistant coaches, Coach Dorn, who's at NC State now, uh, was my linebacker's coach. Coach Young uh, was an unbelievable defensive coordinator. Uh, so not only was Mangino a great coach, but his assistants that he had on the sideline with him were some of the best to ever do it. Uh, coach Bowen was there. Um, just a really, really good staff that believed in us. We believed in them. Uh, we, we persevered and, you know, ended up going to two bowl games in the four years that I was there and, and really kind of got that program turned back around to uh, some of its former glory days. Gosh, as you mentioned that, man, that was a who's who from, you know, coordinator to position coaches to, to the linebacker core and, and, and the rest of the cast there and, uh, and, and having to, to play in, such an offensive-driven Big 12 uh, where night in and night out folks are trying to hang 40, 60 on you. 
uh, what were some of the key ingredients that you guys had to have and possess uh, defensively, um, man, to really step up to that challenge each and every Saturday, and particularly you as a captain, as an anchor uh, for that for that incredible defense? Yeah, I mean, it, Big 12 was a little bit different back when I played. I, I'm getting pretty old. I'll be 40 in about a month and a half. Uh, so it was a little bit more smash mouth, a little bit more pro style, a little bit less spread, just sling it all over the field, which – uh, I think is a little bit easier to stop. Uh, I think you can kind of load up the box. You can um, stop the run, make teams turn into passing teams, and you can kind of pin your ears back and really get after them defensively and do some different things blitz-wise. Uh, to, to play in today's game, uh, I think would be about the toughest thing you got to do with, with athletes all over the field trying to tackle in space. That's extremely hard to do. So I, I'm just grateful as a, a, a 6'4", white guy that's not the fastest in the world that I didn't have to try to cover guys all over the field and, and run around chasing four, two speed athletes out in space, trying to make tackles. Cause I'm not sure we'd be having this conversation. Hey, if I was hey, it's, it's so, it's so <laughs> fitting because Tony Sands wrote his book. He was ahead of his time for the style of running back. He was, you fit right in your time capsule now. Cause you're not having to get from sideline to sideline. You're just right there plugging gaps and, and getting sacked. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And and you got you, you talk about the guys I played with. You got Banks Floodman, you got Kevin Kane. Those guys ate up a bunch of blocks so I could go and make the tackles. The defensive linemen, Dave McMillan, Charlton Keith, uh, Tony Allen, T. Watt, like you mentioned, all those guys, man. It's without them, none of this would be possible for sure. Well, I asked Tony this question. Uh, who will be with you this weekend as far as family, former teammates that will be there to honor? you going up in that ring of honor. Yeah, I've got family coming in. My my sister and her family are coming down from Detroit. My brother and his family are coming up from Derby. My parents will be there, going to come out on the field with me. Um, i got friends uh, from all over the country, from, from Oregon to Houston. Uh, teammates from all over have reached out and said they're coming back. Um, I, I've never really been a, a self-promoter, so I didn't I didn't put a lot of things out there. My wife has done a good job of putting it on Facebook. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I don't really do Twitter. I do it for my high school sports just because I know the kids are into it. Uh, but as far as me personally, I just assume we do this. We have our face-to-face. -face. We reach out. We have conversations like we used to back in the old days. Um, but th there's a lot of people that are going to be there, and it's going to be a, a lot of fun to reach out and, and get to see a bunch of guys that I haven't really seen for quite a while. Well, Nick, uh, again, thinking back to, to Tony Sands and his conversation, he got a chance to highlight uh, obviously one of his top games uh, against Missouri when, when he had all those carries and touchdowns and whatnot. But I like how in your senior season, you got a chance to, to to beat Missouri in Memorial Stadium. I was there, which was great. But then you followed that with a signature win against Nebraska. And and I remember that was special, especially meaningful to the whole Jayhawk Nation because for years and years and years, Nebraska would roll in here. They would turn our stadium red. They would hang up a bunch of points on us. They would patronize us on the way out. Oh, hey, nice try. You know, good luck to you guys. You know, you're building a program. But your senior year, man, you guys got a chance to, to put the smack down on them. Uh, what, what was that like uh, for that type of signature win for your career? No, absolutely. Going back to Mizzou real quick, we beat them three out of the four years I was there. So that's something I'm especially proud of. Uh, but then beating Nebraska, I think it was the first time in 36 years that KU had beaten Nebraska. 
And it was just an unbelievable feeling. Uh, Kevin had an interception that game. I tackled him into the end zone. I got a great picture of the two of us in the end zone celebrating. And that just kind of capped off that whole day. Uh, everything that, you know, could have went right for us went right. It was everything came together just at the perfect time. And, uh, man, it was a it was a that was a heck of a time. It was a, a great <laughs> that I will definitely have with me forever. Well, we had a tough weekend last weekend in Austin, but looking forward to a packed booth, not only to to spur on our guys to get back in the win column, but to honor you and Tony. So looking forward to having you and your family members and your teammates back and giving you an honor that you so deserve. And uh, it's going to be cool to go up in the stadium, which will be somewhat temporary because we're getting ready to have a new stadium here yeah. in a couple of years, but uh, uh, really excited to see you. You've been, like you said, over the last 12 years, become a season ticket holder. You just, you're not a big fanfare guy. You sit in the North Bowl with your family. And I think that's so cool. And, and uh, man, just proud of you. Looking forward to seeing you. Can't wait to, to for you to get the ovation that you deserve and the honor of going up in, into our stadium. Yeah, I, I greatly appreciate it. It's it's, it's going to definitely be a, a once in a lifetime thing. And I'm excited I can share it with my family and friends and uh, we can all be a part of it. And, you know, to think that my name's going to be up there for my kids and their grandkids and so on down the line is just an it's an overwhelming feeling, honestly, um, that, that, you know, that that name's going to live up there for forever. And it's not just me. It's everybody that was a part of it. And man, there's so many people. Uh, I, I caught the end of, of Tony Sands speaking, and it's it's so true. It, it takes a village. And I had a, a lot of injuries when I played. I wasn't very nice on my body, and our trainers, Carol and Craig, were just unbelievable in keeping me out on the field as much as I was. And the, the doctors, Dr. McGee and Dr. Snyder, who put me back together when I had to have my knee surgeries and my ankle surgeries, just unbelievable guys. And Paul Buskirk in the academic support service, man, I love that guy. He did so much for me. Uh, more than he'll ever know, because uh, frankly, I wasn't really a great student coming into it. And he made sure that he stayed on me and I graduated. And, uh, you know, just the, the list goes on and on with people that had a hand in, in in my name going up there. And it's it truly is one of those things, like Tony said as well. It's it's my name up there, but it's everybody up there. And I, I hope that when people see it, they they have a sense of pride as well, knowing that they played a huge role in that. You know, yeah, we don't talk about the trainers very much, except last year when the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs trainer became the most famous person in the country because she was able to get him back. That doesn't happen with a Nick Reed or a whoever, but it is true. Uh, they are so important to everyone's success, and, and I'm glad that you and Tony recognize them because they, uh, they deserve it. But, Nick, again, appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Looking forward to seeing you and your family and all your supporters. It'll be your day. Kansas is going to get back in the wind column. Here we are. And we're going to go out and celebrate Saturday night in Lawrence somewhere. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. I, I Again, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday. And I definitely think we're going to get back in the wind column this weekend. Love it. Rock Chalk. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Rock Chalk. Thank you, guys. That was Nick Reed going into the Ring of Honor along with Tony Sands. Saturday at the booth, 3 o'clock, Central Florida. They're coming off a couple losses, but, man, uh, but still, we know Central Florida, like we talked about with Tony Sands, 
you think about the, the breadth of talent that is in that area, and they're not all going to Miami, they're not all going to Florida State, a lot of them go to Central Florida, and, and we've got to be ready because the last thing you want to uh, have a fight with is a wounded dog, and right now I think that's UCF. Yeah, certainly after coming off a devastating uh, and embarrassing loss uh, to Baylor as, as they blew a, a, a huge lead and gave up a win, and they're looking to come in and, and, and spoil and rain on the parade of KU. And, of course, you know, Terry Mahazer, uh, the AD there, who has a ton of Kansas City and KU ties. Uh, a lot of folks to see, family to see, but uh, but it's coming here to, to handle, a, handle, his, uh, handle a business as well and, and get the win. But, hey, if we can have – one guy on the offensive side of the ball and one guy on the defense side of the ball play in the manner that our two guests played uh, during their career. I think we're going to be just fine. And, and I'm certainly fine with with a, a, a big time performance out of Devin Neal or a big time defensive performance from a guy like Rich Miller uh, in honor of these two. And, and, and that's really what happens, right, Greg? You get these former greats coming back and you experience it when you were the player as, as well as I. Uh, when these guys come back, when we've got noble guys coming back to be on the sideline to watch and to be honored, like uh, the, the stakes elevate a little bit, right? Like you want to certainly play. Obviously, you want to play. You want to win every game. You want to compete well. Uh, but the stakes are higher. You want to you want to elevate uh, your, your game and play in, in honor of those guys who are being honored uh, in a moment like we'll see on Saturday. Yeah, and I'm sure our coaching staff will say exactly what you just said. Say, hey. These guys built the foundation. You guys are here because of them. Make sure you respect them enough to give it everything you have, which I have no question they're going to do. And and but it's the uh, it's going to take an effort to where, you know, last week we you and I haven't really talked about the game last week because we've had Tony and Nick on, but just to put a a little cap on it, you know, uh, frustrating ending. But we got to take the positives out of last week to where. You know, it's a six-point game in the middle of the third quarter. We've got that fourth and one. Things don't work out, and then it kind of snowballed. But, man, no Jalen Daniels. Jason Bean comes in, does a great job. Uh, the defense was great, uh, and they just yeah, couldn't work. I mean, it was a battle of attrition, you know, and sometimes they're on the field so much. And we know the kind of athletes that Texas throws at you, and, and it got out of hand at the end. But, man. What, what a great job by our defense on the road. It was hotter than hell down there, like 115 on the field, feels like. So uh, give them a ton of credit. Um, hopefully we're back to full strength on Saturday. Don't really know where we're at yet here. The filming of this podcast is Tuesday. So hopefully we can get that uh, all figured out and uh, go from there. But it's going to be a great atmosphere. Two legends going up in the ring of honor. Uh, the, the booth should be packed and better be packed. Obviously, there's been a big uh, uh, initiative to make sure that happens. These guys deserve it. You and I talk about it every episode. Please get to the booth. No excuses. Three o'clock Saturday, Central Florida. Yeah, there's something going on on Friday night. I, if I'm, I, if I got, I've got it right on my calendar. Something what is it? The, uh, I, have to, I have to do my math here. Uh, what, what number is this? It started in 1985. I don't know. You were you were the first one, right? I actually wasn't. I was at like the second or third. I remember the band Kansas performed in the in the North Bowl, North uh, where the students sit at Allen Fieldhouse. They had Larry Bud Melman there, which you're too young for that, but he was a mainstay on the Letterman show. So anyway, 
Tony Sands's guy, Flo Rida, will be there. Some people pronounce it Flo Ritter or Rida. How do you say it? Rida. Rida. Like with an H. Name, we already talked about this. You can name several songs. My House, Get Down For Real. What else? Those are the two the two mainstays. The two. Well, it's going to be great. Uh, late Night is always a spectacle. It's always, you know, we're going to get to show off the, the new lights. You know, the, the Kansas, uh, Alan Fieldhouse went through a, I uh, got all LED lights and they can, uh, you know, the facilities guys are all excited. Mike Licker to, to kind of have a new toy, new speakers, new lights. Next year, we're going to see a new scoreboard, video boards in the corner. But Allen Fieldhouse is going to only be louder with more manufactured noise, which is the new speaker system. But uh, looking forward to that unveiling on Friday night and then the big one on Saturday. We can get our fifth win, get back in the win column, and then go to Oklahoma State the following weekend uh, before our bye. And so a lot going on. Uh, Kansas volleyball swept Houston top 20. Ranked Houston, those were fun matches to watch. A five-set thriller in the first match and then uh, took care of business quick and easy. Well, not easy, but uh, 3-0 in that second one. So uh, now 3-1 uh, and one on the Big 12 season. Dropped an unfortunate one down in Lubbock, but, uh, uh, man, Ray's got them playing well. And so uh, doing a lot of good things as we talk every week with Kansas Athletics. Yeah, can't forget about cross country. Also, Chandler Gibbons, uh, big time performance, dubbed the uh, National Athlete of the Week in NCAA. And look, man, during football season and volleyball season, it's when a cross country guy can step up and, and claim that type of award. That's that's some serious performances right there. So we look forward to having him on the show uh, here here before too long. A lot of positives all throughout our building. Looking forward to Friday. Looking forward to Saturday. It just keeps going. And I think we're going to get some some fall football weather. As I check my app, it looks like it's going to be like in the mid-60s. So no more just sweating through everything. It'll be real kind of crispy fall weather, not too cold, but not too hot. So uh, get out on the hill. Love these afternoon games. You got an opportunity to get up there, tailgate, start some, you know, do some grilling, the smells and the changing of the seasons. It's just going to be fantastic. I can't wait for this weekend. Yeah, you're a. What, what do you got this weekend? We're gonna we're gonna miss you, aren't we? You got a big uh, kid stuff. Yeah, Is that yeah, right? big, big uh, oldest daughter's turning sixteen, so we're taking her on a little trip um, to celebrate her sixteen year old birthday. But we'll certainly be be following along, uh, cheering on the Jayhawks from from where we'll be. Well. Another edition of the Jayhawker podcast in the books brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and the Downtown President Hotel. Go see Philip Stranod, downtown Kansas City, renovated rooms, drum room. We'll be there in a couple months when we play Wichita State, having our brown waters uh, as we celebrate the Jayhawks in downtown Kansas City and bring it in the new year at the President Hotel. I am Greg Gurley. Along with Wayne Simeon, J. Harker Podcast, we are out. See you next week. Rock Chalk.